Welcome to Best True Crime Podcast, a division of Best True Crime Books, Games, and Video, LLC. I'm your lead investigator on this case, Judith A. Yates, award-winning true crime author, a criminologist, and a paranormal explorer. Every episode is an investigation where you and I explore true crime, forensics, historic cases, dark history, and criminal theory. We discuss the cases, share information, no chatter, no commercials, no off-topic. Now, grab your crime scene kit, a notebook, and your favorite hat. This is Best True Crime Podcast. The date is 2021. The place, Detroit, Michigan. Your assignment is to analyze two recent cases of school shootings and consider, is a failing mental health system partially responsible? On November 30, 2021, in Detroit's Oxford High School, 15-year-old sophomore Ethan Crumbly's teacher just happened to notice Ethan's drawing on a math worksheet. Ethan had drawn a gun, a person suffering gunshot wounds, and a laughing emoji. Blood everywhere, Ethan had scrawled across the drawing. The thoughts won't stop. Help me. Now, the teacher did their job and reported it. And it went further than anyone thought it would, but in the wrong direction and far too late. Hours later, Ethan Crumbly walked the halls of Oxford High School to unleash hell. At least 30 shots from a Sig Sauer 9mm semi-autic handgun. Four students were dead, and seven people, including a teacher, were wounded. What makes this school shooting most historical is the arrest and charge against Ethan's parents because they were charged on December 3rd with involuntary manslaughter for failing to secure the six-hour 9mm handgun. It's just not enough to charge this shooter, Oakland County Prosecutor Karen McDonald told the public. Students and parents would later report rumors at the school there were threats of a mass shooting circulating via social media posts. One 12-year-old student would be quoted as saying they had heard of those threats for a long time now about plans for a shooting. The rumors had prompted some students to stay home on the day of the shooting. It is only afterwards that we can piece together a timeline that, at the time of events, just seemed innocent enough taken one at a time. Per officials, on Friday, November 26, James Crumbly, the father of Ethan Crumbly, purchased the 9mm Sig Sauer SP-2022 pistol for his son's Christmas gift. On the same day, Ethan posted photos of the gun on social media with the caption, Just got my new beauty today. On Monday, November 29th, one of Ethan's teachers caught Ethan searching ammunition on his cell phone during class time. The teacher did as they were supposed to and reported this to school officials. On Tuesday, November 30th, a teacher found the note and drawing on Ethan's math sheet. Ethan had drawn and wrote a drawing of a bullet with blood everywhere written above the bullet. A drawing of a person who appeared to have been shot twice and bleeding. A drawing of a laughing emoji. Ethan had written, My life is useless and the world is dead. Ethan had drawn a semi-automatic handgun pointing at the words, The thoughts won't stop. 
help me. The teacher took a picture of the artwork with her cell phone and again passed it to school officials. That same morning, about 10 a.m., Ethan Crumley's parents met with Oxford High School officials regarding the cell phone search earlier and today's drawings. Ethan was determined to not be a threat to himself or others. He had also scribbled over the math sheet to hide his notes and drawings. And just before 12.51 p.m., Ethan Crumbly was sent back to class. An estimated six minutes later, Ethan was responsible for the 29th school shooting in 2021, the 21st school shooting since August 1st, and was etched into history. According to authorities, there were two videos on Crumbly's phone that were recorded about shooting and killing students at the high school. Ethan's confiscated cell phone also revealed two videos of himself filmed on the night of Monday, November 29th, the night before the shooting. Reports state he talked about committing the school shooting the next day, and his journals detailed, according to officials, quote, a desire to shoot up the school, and he had wrote, hopefully my shooting will cause Biden to get impeached, end quote. Like all mass shooters, Ethan Crumbly's act of violence did not happen in a vacuum. Research determined it was the norm for his parents, Jennifer and James, to leave their son home alone without a phone while they were out partying. And a neighbor had called Child Protective Services to complain. She doesn't know if anything came of that complaint. Now, Ethan did have one friend, but that friend had moved away at the end of October 2021 and the family had a dog that had died during that time. And both incidents seemed to send Ethan on just this downward spiral further into depression. As early as March 2021, Ethan had been texting his mother these very strange texts about including claims about demons and ghosts inside their home. He was texting her very strange things about his state of mind, and it's believed he videotaped himself torturing animals. He had removed the head of a baby bird, and he had placed it in a jar, and then he put this jar in a school bathroom. But there's no record of his parents seeking mental health assistance for Ethan. Ethan had been making explosives. He had filmed himself making Molotov cocktails, and he had a sketch of himself committing a school shooting, he had made jokes about this with a friend. Ethan was spiraling out of control until he felt the need to take control and possibly the only way he knew how. Remember, every crime is about power and control. Ethan Crumbly is looking at a life sentence if convicted. In 2021, 19-year-old gunman Orlando Harris graduated from Central Visual and Performing Arts High School in St. Louis. This October 2022, Orlando took an AR-15 style rifle and an arsenal of ammunition into the same school. He shot to death a student and instructor and injured numerous people before exchanging gunfire with the police, and he lost his life in that battle. Perhaps, thinking back, it was what is called suicide by cop. 
Officials discovered Orlando left a handwritten note in a notebook that he had left in the car that he drove to the school that day. Orlando had written, quote, I don't have any friends. I don't have any family. I've never had a girlfriend. I've never had a social life. I've been an isolated loner my entire life, end quote. Now, if what we know so far is true, then this is not actually true, but in Orlando's mind, it was. And this is what's important. Because the St. Louis Police Commissioner was quoted as reporting Orlando's family grew concerned about Orlando's mental health, and they had seemed to do everything right. The police commissioner said the mother at the time wanted that AR-15 out of the house. The officers, and their response, handed it over to an adult who was lawfully able to possess it. The parents would search his room on occasion because they were concerned about their son. The police commissioner also said they were constantly in touch with the medical providers who were providing medical care for Orlando. At times, the family was able to commit Orlando to a mental health hospital. Orlando's family monitored his interactions with others to try to ensure that he was engaging with people and that he felt loved by his parents and his family. And the commissioner relayed this to the media. But they were trying so hard because people with this severe depression, and I'm guessing this is what Orlando had, no matter how much you try, you are never going to fill that up. And at 19 years old, Orlando was an adult, and there's only so much that can be legally done by other adults, by his parents. Now, I want you to ask yourself, has the mental health care system failed kids like Ethan, Orlando, and their communities? Let's look at this. The American Hospital Association to the Committee on Ways and Means of the United States House of Representatives presented a statement on February 2, 2022. It was titled, America's Mental Health Crisis. And the statement included the following. Our health care system is underfunded and understaffed to meet America's behavioral health needs. More than 100 million Americans live in areas with shortages of psychiatrists as designated by the Health Resources and Services Administration, or HRSA. HRSA projects shortages of psychiatrists and addiction counselors to persist through 2030. The number of state-funded psychiatric beds per capita has declined by 97% between 1955 and 2016. The Medicare and Medicaid programs each include policies that inherently treat behavioral health services differently than medical surgical services in terms of amount paid. So what does this all mean in this proverbial nutshell? It means those children who live in higher income families with better insurance will receive better mental health care treatment. 
A recent study by the Kaiser Family Foundation did a survey on healthcare workers, and the study reveals not only is the system itself overwhelmed, but so are the humans who operate the system. Now, the COVID-19 pandemic has placed a huge burden on healthcare workers, and this is going to have a long-lasting effect. According to this Kaiser Family Foundation survey, 93% of healthcare workers reported experiencing stress. 86% reported experiencing anxiety. And about 75% of healthcare workers reported frustration, exhaustion and burnout, and feelings of being overwhelmed. As a result, many reported an increase in alcohol or, and drug use. Psychiatric problems in our caregivers in a psychiatric care system already overwhelmed with non-health care workers. Now, I want to give a word of warning. We have to be very careful about who and what we blame on mass shootings to include school shootings. Because just like mass shootings, there is always a formula. Mental health issues, easy access to weapons, bullying, and this includes not just bullying from the non-shooters on the shooter, but the shooter onto the non-shooters an ongoing buildup of stressors. Remember what I told you in other podcasts. No one ever just snaps. They boil. It starts at a low heat. It gets hotter and hotter and hotter until like a tea kettle, they explode. And I always stress, we can be reactive all we want. We can put the bars on the schools. We can stop selling these guns. We can do this. We can do that. But being proactive is the key. And being proactive is always so difficult. Prevention. And the one common denominator in every school shooter in this country, that's from the first mass school shooting in the United States in 1891, One of the most common denominators was mental illness. The final result here is that seven young people and a beloved teacher are dead. They are in the ground. We'll never see them again. And a young man, a boy, will die in prison. So many families are going to grieve the rest of their lives. Guilt will forever ride the shoulders of so many people. And everyone has to find someone or something to blame to ease that guilt, to ease that pain. No one is going to win. No one is going to win. What seems most revealing are the two words in Ethan Crumbly's artwork that day. Help me. Hey listeners, my name is Judith A. Yates. Like so many of you out there, I have suffered from depression and I have been suicidal. I've also been the victim of discrimination. But there is help out there. You can text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 
That is the Crisis Text Line. You can connect with a crisis counselor and it's free 24-7 support right there at your fingertips. Here's how it works. You text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741-741 from anywhere in the United States, anytime. And a live trained crisis counselor receives the text and will respond. It's a secure online platform. Crisis counselor can help you with gun violence, coronavirus, anxiety, eating disorder, depression, suicide. Give them a text at 741-741. They also say habla espanol and they are GLBT friendly. So don't sit alone and don't do anything dangerous to yourself or others. Please, there is hope out there and there is help. Be safe out there. Thank you for joining me on this investigation, exploring true crime, forensics, historic cases, dark history, and criminal theory. This is Best True Crime Podcast. No chatter, no commercials, no off-topic. I do hope you will subscribe. This podcast runs off donations only. You can drop us a donation, $35 or more, and I'll send you a signed book. Just go to www.besttruecrime.com. My name is Judith A. Yates, award-winning true crime author, a criminologist, and a paranormal explorer. Thank you for joining me on Best True Crime Podcast, a division of Best True Crime Books, Games, and Video, LLC. Be safe out there.